Good morning. We will be beginning our morning meditation with a prayer to the Holy Spirit on page 26 of the Come to Me prayer book. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. And you shall the face of Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Mary, seed of wisdom, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you again for coming on this retreat and for persevering through it. I think we've all benefited quite a bit just from being here and from hearing the scriptures and from just enjoying the prayerful atmosphere of Sacred Heart Retreat House. It is such a beautiful place, and the sisters are so good, and they make they make praying easy, I think. <laughs> they make it easy. Um, and we want to bring that back with us when we leave. The reason why we have this meditation kind of earlier on Sunday is because I have another Mass to celebrate off of the property here uh, in just about an hour. So I will be leaving and then coming back again for the 1130 Mass. So thank you for getting up a little bit earlier for this. Um, I notice some of you picked up a book that I recently published uh, at the beginning of this year in January. Uh, the sisters have it in the bookstore. Uh, it's a book of reflections on the Psalms. And some of the content of these reflections have come from that book, and I'm going to borrow a little bit from it again this morning. Um, because I think after being here for a little while, you feel drawn to go deeper into the spiritual life. And if you've been praying the Psalms throughout your stay here, you've probably noticed that they speak very deeply to you. And you find your, yourself understood by the Psalms. And we want to continue that. We want to continue this deepening of the spiritual life. And going deeper in the spiritual life means going deeper into what we call the interior life or recollection. Our Lord uses the image of going into the inner chamber and closing the door and praying to your Father in secret. And that inner chamber can be a room in your house, but especially it needs to be the inner room in your soul, the place where the Holy Spirit comes and dwells, as in his home, as in his home. And we've spent a lot of time this weekend reflecting on home. St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, who is a, a Carmelite saint who was canonized just a couple years ago, says that we should not stop at the surface. We shouldn't be shallow 
but go ever deeper into God through recollection, through meditation. Daily, we have to go deeper into the abyss, which is God. As the psalm says, abyss calls to abyss. And it is in the very depths of the soul that contact with God takes place. And that takes effort. It takes effort to go beyond the surface, to go deeper. But you can do it with the confidence that God wants to meet you there. And he wants to call your soul his home. The idea of finding God there in our soul, even of experiencing deep, intimate union with God, is really what our Christian lives are all about. And if we're not enjoying that relationship with God, then I think we probably feel pretty homeless much of the time. We feel like we don't have an anchor. We feel like we're drifting. And I know some people come on retreat exactly because that's how they feel. I don't have, I don't have an anchor in my life. I, don't have, I feel kind of spiritually without roots, spiritually homeless. And what do I do about that? What we do about it is we invite the Lord into our home and build our lives around his presence in our lives. Just as we build a home, we construct a home for a family to live in, spiritually we have to do the same and make our soul a place where God will feel welcome, where God will feel at home. And one of the best ways we can do that is what so many of you, perhaps all of you, have done this weekend, and that is going to confession. Because often we don't feel God's presence within us, or we don't feel like he's really there, because there's some obstacle. The door is locked, put it like that. The door is locked, and we're afraid to let him in. And when we go to confession, and we're vulnerable, and we're trusting, we're throwing open the doors to Christ, inviting him in and saying, Lord, you need to be the Lord of my house. You need to be here, and I'm bringing you in, even if my house is not that pretty to look at. <laughs> you can make it something, something beautiful. I think the idea of finding home being at home is so deeply written into who we are as human beings. One of the highest compliments that we can pay to a place is to say, I feel at home here. I feel like this is my home. And you find these themes of going home throughout songs and poetry and great stories. If you've read the classical epics like the Odyssey of Homer, then you, sh you know that the hero spends roughly 10 years trying to make it home to Penelope, his wife, huh? trying to make it home. 
and all the adventures he has, or the popular songs that we hear maybe at Christmas, I'll Be Home for Christmas, Homeward Bound by Simon and Garfunkel, <laughs> or so many others where we instantly understand the desirability of going home and being home. John Henry Newman, blessed John Henry Newman, described his conversion to the Catholic Church as coming into port after being on a rough sea, coming home. And all of this really points to the fact not that we need so much a physical place to call home, but that our soul needs to be that place where God can take up residence and live there and be our strength no matter what's going on throughout our lives. I'm always struck by the example of the great saints who were in prison, in concentration camps, in very difficult circumstances for a very long period of time. And somehow they're able to find God there. And it's not magic. It's not necessarily even a secret. It is that they've developed the interior life. They've developed that place where God can feel at home and they visit him there regularly. They want him there. They have nothing to hide from him. They want to be totally transparent before God in their soul. One of the best de descriptions of that comes from Pope Benedict XVI in a passage where he talks about purgatory I think really this applies directly to standing before God as we are. He said, before standing before the gaze of God, all falsehood melts away. This encounter with God burns us, transforms us, and frees us, allowing us to become truly ourselves. All that we build during our earthly lives can prove to be mere straw, pure bluster, and it collapses. And yet in the pain of this encounter with God, when the impurity and sickness of our lives becomes clear to us, there lies salvation. His gaze, the touch of his heart, heals us through an undeniably painful transformation as though by fire. But it is a blessed pain in which the holy power of his love burns us, burns us through and through, enabling us to become totally ourselves and thus totally of God. That's very deep. <laughs> that comes from his encyclical on Christian hope. Our encounter with God is going to be painful sometimes. 
And it is going to be painful sometimes because we are all children of Adam and Eve, who, when they committed the original sin, what did they do? They hid themselves. They were ashamed. They did not want to face the Lord. And they thought they could hide from him. They ran off into the forest and, you know, stood there thinking maybe he won't see, maybe he won't find us. And God called them by name. And God came to them. And God clothed them. You see, no matter how bad off we think we are, how guilty we are, how ashamed we are, that doesn't stop God from reaching out to us. And it's that kind of confidence that we need to have on the, on the inside. To know that God really wants to make my soul his home and to dwell there, even if he needs to do some house cleaning to make it presentable, he'll do that if we let him do it. That really is the ultimate home. It's so striking in the Gospel of John how the Lord says, if anybody loves me, my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Did I hear that right? (laughs) We will come to him and make our home with him? It sounds like marriage imagery. It sounds like deep intimacy. It sounds like something that we all want more than anything else. Exactly. Don't deny yourself that. Embrace it. Embrace it at whatever cost may come. Because the Lord has made you and made your soul to be the place where he can make his home and live there and help you to grow and help you to be strong throughout your earthly life and into eternity. I remember one time when I was a little boy that I told my parents I was going to run away from home. I was like five. And, well, you know, for every boy, there comes a time when you have to go see the world, right? So at that age, I thought, you know, this is it. My, my time has come. And so I, I, I got a little bundle and put it on a stick, I think, you know, just to make it valid, you know, because you have to do that. So I did it, and I, I walked out of the house, and I remember looking around and thinking, so what do I do now? Where do I go? And I remember just walking around the outside of the house and coming back inside and saying, well, I'm back. <laughs> I saw the world, and there wasn't much of the world to see, okay? <laughs> Especially because the house we were living in was in Oroville, California. If you know where Oroville is, you've never heard of it, probably. That's okay. You're not missing anything, Okay. <laughs> There was nothing there, okay? And I went and walked around and came back in. And I've always remembered that. It's kind of a story that doesn't really have a, a conclusion to it. It's just I, I was just experimenting. But, but that's often come back to me when I think, you know, sometimes 
We think there's some place better to be. We think that there's greener grass somewhere else. We think that we'll be happier somewhere else doing something else. And I found out I really, I, don't, I didn't have any place else to go. Wherever you go, there you are, right? Wherever you go, there you are. And often the problem that we have in life is that we think our happiness depends upon the externals. Our happiness and our peace depends upon our environment. And it doesn't. It depends upon me being right with God here on the inside. Me having a home where he can dwell on the inside. I can surround myself in my home with statues and holy cards and crucifixes, but if I haven't been to confession in a long time, forget it. I need to be right on the inside. I need to have a home on the inside. And then I won't feel the need to wander, to drift, and to look for greener pastures. Because you know what? In Psalm 23, you know Psalm 23, probably have it memorized. The Lord is my shepherd, and he's the one who leads me to green pastures. He's the one who gives me to, to drink the living water. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid because he's there. Doesn't that say everything? It says everything about our interior life and the external world in which we live. Even though it's dark around me, even though there's a lot to be afraid of, I'm not afraid. And I don't lose confidence because God is there. He's at my side. He's at home with me, and I'm comfortable with him. I'm at home with him. And so if I could leave you with that beautiful biblical image from the Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd, and he's the one who nourishes me. He is the one who leads me. He is the one who knows me through and through. I can't hide anything from him, and I do not want to hide from him. I want him to be in me, close to me, at home with me, to take pleasure in what he sees in me. And when we do that, we are living the interior life. We're living the Christian life, the deep life of prayer. And it is that that will change your life. And it's that really, I kind of always make a joke about wanting to take a Carmelite home or wanting to take this property home with you or, you know, I, if only my day-to-day -day life could be like it is here, you know. But really, we have to take back with us the, the, the spiritual good that we have found here. The peace that we have found here, the love and the joy and the reconciliation because it all comes not so much from the place, although it is a good and great place, but from the Lord of the house, the master of the house. And the reason why this place is beautiful and peaceful is because here, Jesus is Lord. And I want the same for my soul.
I want him to be Lord of the house, my Lord, my shepherd, the one who feeds me and guides me and leads me throughout my earthly life and into the green pastures of heaven. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is Father John Henry Hansen, and I want to thank you on behalf of the Carmelite Sisters for joining all of us this weekend in this virtual retreat. I hope it has been very special and meaningful for you during this very difficult time for all of us. If you have benefited from this retreat and from the other works of the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles, we would ask you to consider making some donation uh, to help them carry out these and other very important works. They want to support you by drawing you closer to the Lord in the ways that they know best through prayer, through the good works of their apostolates, and through this especially important retreat work. We thank you for participating, and we ask you to consider helping them as they help all of us to be strong in the spirit and to draw close to the Lord. Thank you, and God bless you.